is a podcast for Christian women. And if you're listening to us while you're driving in your car, we pray that you'll be safe. <laughs> if you're listening to us in your craft room, have a good time with that. If you are listening to us while you're doing household chores, uh, remember that that's a worthy task you are putting your hand to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're listening to us in the break room, thanks for bringing us with you to work. But wherever you're listening to us from, we thank you. It means a lot to us. And our hope is that this will help all of us remember Colossians 3, 1 and 2, which talks about the fact that we've been raised with Christ. And because of that, we want to um, set our minds on things above and to keep seeking those things which are above. I'm Kathy Pollard, one of your hosts, and with me is Carla Moore, my dear friend and your other host. And Carla, what a great smile you have this morning. How are you doing? I'm laughing because uh, I love the way you introduced that this morning, but I'm thinking about one particular woman and Onisa said that she listens to us while she walks. And I thought, well, last week she's had about five days worth of walking to listen to with our long podcast. So it was a little bit long. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit long. It was too long. Yeah. Today's won't be that long. And we are going to have fun today with a a more lighthearted topic. And we're going to share something good at the end. Right. Yeah. Did I come up with something? Yes, I did. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think I did. I'm going to have to think of something good. I was just there thinking, I did come up with something, didn't I? Promises, promises. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what where my uh, mind's going to be thinking while we're talking about our topic. All right. So we both have kind of a crazy fun weekend ahead of us because we're getting ready to leave the country together mm-hmm. in a few days. And by the time this airs, we will be hopping on a plane the next morning. So yeah. Um, but again, we're going to try really hard to record while we're gone. I don't know if it'll be on the ship or on land or what, but. <laughs> well, I think the next one we record, we're doing here, right? So it'll, the following week, it'll be one that we still recorded here. But then the week after that should be. Anyway, mm-hmm. we'll figure all that out. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So you just finished teaching your last class in the women's program of the quarter last yeah. night. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe it. I feel like you just started it. I feel like y'all just got there and just started the quarter. Well, it's a, it was a little bit of a shorter quarter, I think. Um, oh, okay. There was only seven, seven weeks because uh, one of those weeks was we were in Tennessee and anyway, yeah, it was pretty quick. It's been, mm-hmm. but it's been two months. Wow. This is October the 5th. So we've mm-hmm. been here for a little over two months. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So have you been thrifting? I did. Um, mostly I've spent the thrifting time looking for some clothes for the trip. I needed a few pairs of comfy pants so that we can eat pasta and not worry about, (laughs) (laughs) you know, button pants. Those just don't work too well when you want to eat some pasta. Stretchy pants. Stretchy pants. Yes. (laughs) So I have several pairs of stretchy pants now, but I did find something very unique and I'll share it the group next week, but I'll show you. And if you're watching, you can see it's, it's a lamp. What? It's huge. It's two feet tall and it's made out of cocoa leaves. And I'll turn it on, maybe. See oh, that part. Up. Oh, I thought that was the lamp base, but that's the actual light itself. It's the lamp. It's like a it's an indoor outdoor lamp. And oh, that is cool. It's it's definitely not my style, but it's cool. That's and very cool. that's kind of one of those things that I look for. It's just something that's unique and unusual because mm-hmm. Usually those things are expensive. So I looked it up and and it's like a $300 lamp. So I'm not sure it's not something I really want to ship. So I probably wouldn't put that on eBay, but I may put it on marketplace. 
do you do that? Well, like I said, you look for things that you can tell something's quality. You know, you can just tell that it's not um, cheap, cheaply made. This is hand sewn. You can look for tags if it says made in Italy or made in the USA, or any, anything but made in China mm-hmm. is usually pretty quality. But there was one I kicked myself because I was at this new ARC thrift store briefly looking for something else. And there was a, a leather chair. And it looked like it had been sitting outside, you know, it had little speckle marks on it, like rain, uh, raindrops. And it, um, it just, it was pretty, it wasn't torn up at all, but it, it just had marks on it. But I, mm-hmm. I stood there and I thought I can, you could just tell it was quality. It had studs all up the arms and around mm-hmm. the base of the chair. And I sat down in it and it was, you know, just really, really good condition, except for the cosmetic part of it. And I tipped it up and looked at the bottom just to see if it was a brand that I recognized. And I didn't, but it said made in Italy. So Italian leather. And I thought it was $24.99. And so I I thought, I'm just going to walk around the store. I'm going to see, you know, what else I see. I'm going to think about it because if I brought it to this house here in Denver, I really would need to move something out to have room for it, but I probably would want to take it home. But now we, it, we just can't take things that big home anymore. We have a smaller transport back and forth. So I was thinking through all these things in my mind, uh, I was thinking, what would I tell John? You know, is he going to say, what? Yeah. what you brought that home? Usually he's pretty excited about things. And I was thinking I've got leather conditioner. I could, it'd be a project chair, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be kind of fun. So I went back around to get it. And I noticed it was already pulled out and there was already a paid, you know, when you pay oh, for something like that, they put a sticker saw on it. You looking at I it. know they probably did. And I just thought I kicked myself. I thought you just oh. got to go with your gut sometimes. And I knew yeah. I should have done it right then. And I didn't. So lesson learned next time. Don't ignore the Italian leather chair. Just get it. If I ever see one, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, I'm pretty sure that's the first Italian leather chair I've seen. In I will never see an Italian leather chair or a big light up leaf lamp. Yeah, or a pizza oven. Oh, or any number. Did you yeah, try it? Did I you did. Try it? Oh! I tried it. How'd it turn out? Katie and Colton came over Friday night, and we we I went to Trader Joe's and got some of their pre made pizza dough because I just didn't have time to do anything else. Look, have you ever tried you that? Rubbing it in. Look at you rubbing it in that you have a Trader Joe's. <laughs> Rub it in, rub it in. No, Just not rubbing it in. <laughs> no, because you would make your own fantastically homemade pizza dough. But anyway, um, so I plugged it in. I wasn't even sure it was going to plug in and work. And it did. It, it heated up and it worked. And I had already washed the stone inside. Mm-hmm. But it started smoking. Oh. And I was thinking, is this thing about to blow up or, <laughs> you know, but it, but you could smell it, you know, that smell of oil. Like mm-hmm. if you spill oil in the oven mm-hmm. and how it smokes out of your oven. So I'm pretty sure that's why whoever got rid of it is because there's smoke in it. And I don't know the pizza tasted good. It didn't taste smoky, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit, but not much, but the whole house for three days, we oh, were no. opening windows and airing it out and try to deodorize it. But I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of that oil. Micah said, just take it outside, crank up the heat and let it burn off. Mm-hmm. But I'm afraid I'd, I'd melt it or something. I'm, I don't mm-hmm. know what to do. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever cleaned oil out of your oven? 
maybe easy, easy off. Or I, I don't even know. Oh, that stuff is so maybe somebody out there listening can tell me how to get rid of the oil. And, mm -hmm. and I opened it up, you know, when it cooled off, I took the stone out and, and when you touch the inside, you can feel sticky oil kind of. So, so it's really more of a burnt on oil, not just a pool of oil somewhere. Is that what you're right. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. It's not, it doesn't <clears throat> look burned. It just looks like sticky oil. I don't know how to describe it. I'll send you a picture. Maybe you can see what you think, but anyway, yeah. it works. Maybe those, um, eraser things, magic eraser. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like, I haven't looked to see off. if the heating element can lift out or if I just have to work around it, but, um, but it's, it was, a it was, a it was good. It worked. You, it has a little window on top so you can watch it. It cooked the pizza in, I don't know, five or six minutes, but it was still a little doughy. So, you know, there's a lot of details to work out, but it works. So yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. Well, good deal. So what's going on <clears throat> in the neck of the woods? Well, mostly I've been going it alone on the farm all week long because Neil's mm -hmm. been out of town doing a gospel meeting. And so usually when he's out of town, I'm already trying to remember things that fall under his responsibility. So he does lock up at night. Um, he brings me my coffee in the morning. That's not mm -hmm. his responsibility. He just does it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he checks the mail when he comes home from work and we have a dehumidifier running in the basement. He's mm -hmm. the one that goes down every day to empty it out. You know, they're just these little tiny little yeah. tasks that I'm usually trying to remember to take care of when he's out of town. Well, this time I'm also throwing in milk and peaches twice a day and feeding her and shoveling poop. And, and now we have a farm stand and we don't leave everything out at the farm stand overnight. Oh. So Take it in. Bringing all that inside after dark and then taking it back out first light, you know. So I just kept thinking all these tiny little things that I was trying to remember to take care of every day. And I decided this week, especially, I really missed Neil's muscles <laughs> because everything is cumbersome and heavy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Big tail you know, of milk. Did you know that hay bales are very heavy? I uh, heard. <laughs> so, just think of the muscles you're getting. That's what I was actually trying to tell myself. And we, we give her alfalfa hay also, but that pulls off in flakes. You only give her a couple of flakes a day. So that's mm -hmm. manageable. But the, the orchard grass hay or whatever you call it comes in these big tight bales. And she ran out yesterday. I was really hoping it would last until Neil got back in town, but she ran out. And so I was pulling a wagon over to it and trying to topple it onto the wagon and then dragging it to the barn and then trying to like shove it over to where it's supposed to go. And you need Carl's phone number. <laughs> I, know. I know. So when he got home late last night and I was like, Oh, oh I just missed you so much. I missed you. I missed you. I missed mm -hmm. you. I'm so glad you're back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just the, the time factor, you know, he goes out there to the barn twice a day with me every day. And so it just helps it cuts everything in half, yeah. how much time it takes. And mm -hmm. so anyway, he was like, you just, you just use me. You just, mm -hmm. <laughs> you just miss me for what I do. Oh, I you like, love well, his brains and his brawn. Yes. I miss all of that. But yeah. Well, how is the farm stand going? Uh, it's kind of slow. Yeah. It's kind of slow. I think we had a, we had a purchase one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's somebody that we know that's trying to be supportive. The reason I say that is because it was last Wednesday and it was thunderstorming that day. 
And so I never put out the sign and I never took out the rest of the product. There were only Mm -hmm. a few things out there. And not only that, but I have these little sign chalkboard signs next to each item. They were all still flipped down because I try and protect them, you know, from the weather. But at the end of the day, somebody bought $20 worth of stuff. They stuck a $20 bill in the lockbox and a few little miscellaneous items were missing exactly $20 worth. Mm -hmm. And so I thought this has to be somebody I know because nobody else would have stopped. You know, they would have said the sign's not out. There's no product out. All the other little signs are down. So I think a friend or family member (laughs) drove by and was determined to be supportive and scrounged up $20 worth of product. There's easily that. I mean, I I would love to shop there, but y'all are just enough out of town. I think that that you've got neighbors I know but it's not exactly yeah. on a main thoroughfare it's not and I tried putting it I posted a couple of things on marketplace this week just about the farm stand and the kids were like it looks like you're selling your farm stand <laughs> <So>. <laughs> leave it to your kids to be truthful yeah, huh? so I had to reword that one and then I made some apple pie granola which I mm. I was trying to do like if I do like a daily feature and then I can put it in marketplace and I got this great big chalkboard sign to hang up over our fence mm-hmm. that I put daily feature, you know, today's feature, apple pie, granola yeah. and crickets that didn't. And, um, Janelle painted as a like crickets in my apple pie granola. Yeah, that doesn't no, sound very good. No, there were no Carla. Oh, no. you're being obtuse. Uh, so Janelle painted as this big sign to put at the end of the road, but I've decided we're going to wait and put that up when we get back from the cruise because I don't want to start directing traffic if it works. And then Mm -hmm. there'll be like three weeks of nothing there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so Neil's plans of the farm stand supporting us in retirement. (laughs) It's It's a slow process. Probably uh, working your way up. (laughs) You might have $40 by the end of 2024. huh? Well, I have learned don't, don't put out perishable things yet. You know, it really needs to be like canned things or, um, you know, I've got like bombs and things like that, that have mm. a shelf life. But if I do some kind of baked goods, cause planning to do like maple cinnamon rolls and sourdough bread and things like that. But if I'm not getting traffic and I do all those baked goods, then they just go bad. Well, so. if you had maybe started like a advertising and have a specialty every day of the week. Like Wednesday is always your apple pie granola and Thursday is always mm-hmm. your cinnamon buns and Friday is always homemade bread or whatever. Then people know what to expect. And yeah, that's a I, mean, good I, I just think that probably takes time to, to grow a following and something like yeah. that. I kind of thought about just being open on the weekends, mm-hmm. you know, but a lot of times we're gone on weekends. Yeah. There's always a lot going on on the weekends. So that's not really good either. Well, it, and it's the- all right the fall and winter would be better for your perishable stuff too. Cause mm-hmm. especially on cold days, you could put things out that it won't matter. Yeah. It's kind of like being in the fridge anyway. Yeah, it is. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you made ice cream this week? Uh, no, no. Cause Neil's been gone. Oh, that's right. So I, I try to eat better when he's not in town. Mm-hmm. I understand <laughs> no, that. I don't need to eat that ice cream every night by myself. <laughs> Well, right before we go not on a cruise, to, but you'd want to, <laughs> I do want to, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also yeah. want to eat powdered donuts and pizza. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be fun to be able to just eat whatever you, anyway, yes. we digress again. That, uh, that needs to be a whole episode. <laughs> if we could just eat whatever we want. 
what yeah. would it be? <laughs> the whole, yeah, there'd be a whole episode of lots of different uh, things, right? If you can put in a request for heaven, <laughs> can, <laughs> Flavor. I please, can I please just eat whatever I want? <laughs> yeah, I see nothing wrong with that. Sounds oh, good to me. Yeah. What so else we is went, new with you? We went and did that um, Royal Gorge train on Saturday. And I, it, it was fun, but it wasn't what I expected. And I probably, if I had done my research, I would have found this out ahead of time, but it was, there was no foliage. I was really, you know, we wanted to go in September because mm-hmm. that's when the Aspens change. And I was thinking it was in Canyon city. So in my mind, South and West of Colorado Springs is mountains, mm-hmm. but it was a Canyon which duh, a gorge, you know, is a canyon. So you're in on the train in the bottom of the canyon that runs along the the side of the river. And you're looking up at, at the cliff, you know, a cliff on either side. And um, I know you said you walked across the bridge and we ended up not doing that. It was like $32 a person just to walk across the bridge. Yeah. And I'm not, um, I don't have a huge fear of heights, but I don't love them. And it wasn't enough for us to pay 60 some odd dollars for both of us to walk across. So we stayed on the train and we had intended to go with some friends and they ended up not being able to go. But, um, so we sat across from this couple, you know, you know, John, he's going to strike up a conversation. In fact, (laughs) I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but on the way down, I said, now remember, this is kind of like a date. So it's you and me. So, I mean, we can talk to whoever, because when, when we bought the ticket, it said you will likely be sitting across from someone. So I said, we're going to be friendly, but let's talk to each other, not just to people across from us the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, all right, I'll remember that. Because, I mean, he's, you know him, he's just yeah. going to do that. Yeah. And which I love about him, but also, you know, don't want to spend the whole time talking to other people, but that's what we did. But it was fun as usual, you know, when you just... <laughs> focus on not being disappointed about whatever. So we sat across (laughs) from this couple from Indiana, their names were Dan and Holly, and they had retired a few years ago from, they owned like five, you would have loved it, five greenhouses and they had their own florist shop. Oh, so they employed quite a few people. And, um, and I I was just thinking and told them, I told them my, one of my favorite scents is just the, when you walk into a flower shop Mm -hmm. and that, oh, that heavenly smell of roses and whatever flowers there are but mm-hmm. anyway it was fun we um it was kind of a tight squeeze so it it was just like sitting in a booth um at Denny's or somewhere like that and our knees were bumping into their knees and uh, so we had gotten tickets to the train car that has the the window that in the pictures looks like it goes all across the ceiling but of course it doesn't it was about shoulder height to, you know, maybe it was over my head, mm-hmm. but it was also like double paned. So it was cloudy that between them went between the glass panes was cloudy. So it wasn't great viewing out the window. <laughs> there was no color, no foliage. Aww. So it wasn't what I thought, but it was still really neat and enjoyable. And it took about an hour and 30 minutes, but we went outside to the um, outdoor viewing car and we could see, we, we were out there when we went under the bridge and there's a zip line that goes across from mm-hmm. one side to another. 
And there's also a cable car. So we saw people on the cable car. So it was, it was a fun day. After that, we drove up in the mountains and us with about 40,000 of our closest Colorado friends, bumper <laughs> to bumper on Guanella Pass, you can imagine. Oh no, that's a pretty drive though. It, well, it was, it was a pretty, it wasn't a drive. It was more of a scooch park stop scooch stop yeah and then we got to the top kind of the top area to kind of make the curve and there was a car this is why it was bumper to bumper not just because there was a zillion people but a car had just parked on the road I guess they got tired of waiting for a parking spot and they just parked there and I thought if everybody did Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. you know it would just be chaos and it already kind of is but I was just so aggravated at that person for just parking in the middle of the road. Then everyone was having to take turns going around them. So anyway, pretty pretty thoughtless. Yeah. We've done the cable car there and, but it was years and years ago. Our boys were still young. And, um, and I remember being disappointed, but we went, I guess at an off season because all the cute little things that they had set up that you can usually enjoy, they had lemonade and, Mm -hmm pretzels and some little fun activities all that was closed Hmm. and so we basically just rode the cable car and then walked across the bridge and that was it and I felt like we drove all the way here for this yeah (laughs) so So you didn't ride the train y'all just did the the train yeah Mm -hmm. well it's um it was it was a nice day I would do it again but I wouldn't buy tickets to it was a little more expensive to to ride in that particular train car but we, we went past, there was a um, campground for people, I guess, that do the rapids, ride the rapids. But there was a bunch of yurts along the side oh. of the river. And they all had like a hammock swing in front and like a picnic table area in a little lean-to right next to it. And when we were riding by, the people running the train car said that the yurts rented for $200 a night. And then they had an Airstream trailer park right above it and those went for three hundred dollars a night so oh not cheap Mm -mm. Mm -mm. did they still have that swing thing that went out over the gorge i didn't see it if they did i wouldn't be surprised i would not do that i would walk across that bridge but i would not this thing you people were climbing up and getting on it and they would swing way out over the gorge and then Mm -hmm. back and then swing way out over the gorge Mm -mm. i don't need that kind of thrill in my life how wide is the bridge oh it's wide it doesn't feel I mean you can get a little vertigo kind of feeling if you when you're up to the edge looking Mm -hmm. over but just walking down it it doesn't feel like it's unstable in any way or yeah it feels pretty solid I think they said it's the highest suspension bridge in at least in the states maybe not in the world but in the states wow or whatever kind of bridge it is I think it's a suspension bridge but well, very anyway. cool. Glad you yeah. got to do that. Yeah. What'd y'all do this weekend? What did was Neil gone the whole time? Yes. Yeah. He left Saturday. Mm-hmm. Then what'd you do this weekend? Well, I had a ladies' day. Oh, that's right. You told me about yeah. that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, um, our number was really, really down at Lehman Avenue because everybody's on fall break. And here, mm-hmm. when everybody goes on fall break, they all go at the same time. We literally were missing about a hundred people. Oh, wow. From everybody leaving, leaving the state, they all go to Hilton Head or Gulf Shores or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So it's, um, we really miss everybody. <laughs> kind of the last fling before <laughs> winter time, huh? Right, right. I didn't have a fall break growing up. We had spring break, but never had a fall break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. 
Mm -hmm. seems like there was spring break and summer vacation and that was it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, did I tell you about the bed that, um, that Alyssa designed for Turner? I don't think so. So she, she is two and a half. Yeah. Her birthday's March, end of March. So she's been sleeping in their closet since she was born. And I mean, granted they have a big closet, but and she's the, been the closet in the master bedroom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not in her closet. No, <laughs> she's in a closet under the stairs. No, she's been sleeping in Jake and Liz's closet. Sorry, Jake and Liz, if you don't want people to know that, but, um, I think it's funny. It's a big closet and they, it's dark and they have their setup for her. You know, they have a little sound machine and stuff and, and she sleeps fine, but here they've got a baby coming. And so the baby's going to have to take that spot in the closet. And uh, so in their house, they have, when you go up the stairs, there's a, an, like a kind of a sitting room, just a, a flex room, whatever you want to call it, before you get to their bedroom. And it, it has a wall of windows and it has a spiral staircase that goes up to a little catwalk that overlooks, they have a really pretty view of Fort Worth. And so they were trying, but well, and another thing was that they, her room downstairs, Turner's room, it's just, it's downstairs and they're upstairs and it, it just, I know they felt a little bit like it would not be real safe to leave her down there by, by herself. Sorry, I'm having to plug my iPad in. So Alyssa designed this um, bed. It, it looks, you know, have, have you seen like a book nook mm -hmm. that's built into a window? Right. So in that flex room, before you get to their room, she designed that it, that it fits up against the corner and it has drawers underneath and it's, you know, it's a twin size. I think it's a twin size mattress, might be a full size. And, um, and she's got curtains that she put in there and a, light fixture. And so they got Micah to build it. Oh, and wow. so he built it in San Antonio, most of it anyway, and then in pieces and then mm -hmm. took it up there. It was either last weekend or week before and installed it. And it's just the cutest thing. It's like one of those cozy, talk about cozy, cozy little book nook type things that even when Turner outgrows it or Darcy may use it too, but it'd be a neat little um, area to sit and read books because it's up against windows and you have a view outside, but they're putting curtains, you know, darkening curtains so that they can close that and it won't be light in there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was just the, the neatest little thing. I would love to have a little bed like that. Her cozy, creativity cozy. and Micah skills. Mm -hmm. Great combination. Yeah. That's and neat. Do you have cozy. a picture? Hint, hint. Yes, I have pictures. I'll send them to you. Okay. Yeah, that's a good lead in. That's a good yeah. segue into our topic. But let me say really quick, tonight okay. we're going to find out what our newest grandbaby is, a boy yeah, or a girl. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> gender reveal. Do you have a guess? Have a guess? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the girl. You are? Then I'm going to say boy. <laughs> okay. So one of us will be right one way that's or another. Right. How you are know, they going to do it? Is it going to be like an exploding cannon or a, cook, it a is, cake? It is some kind of exploding thing because Carl said, do you mind if what we do, it makes a lot of noise because it's at our house. And I said, no, I will let our neighbors know ahead of time. Uh -huh. And then it also needs to be, we're expecting rain tonight. And he said, yeah. we have to do it before the rain hits. So I think it's going to involve a colored powder exploding yeah. out of something. Explosives. I'm not, yeah. Not for, at all surprised. For Rich, it came out of the exhaust of the car. 
he, you know, peeled off and then the smoke that came out of the exhaust was either blue or pink and it was blue, of course. Oh, so I didn't know that. That's yeah, a, that's clever. I've never seen that one, but not, it doesn't surprise me that Carl <laughs> wants to have explosives and noise. Exactly. <laughs> Does he still have that train whistle for his horn? Uh, I don't know if he still has it or not. I don't feel like I've heard that in a while and he has a different truck now. So hey, maybe that he thing's... doesn't. That was, me to death. that was obnoxious. It was. He <laughs> pulled up behind us at PTP one time and was I'm that sorry. train whistle. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's get back to the cozy segue. We are okay, going to talk about making your home cozy. Oh, let me look at the time. 25 minutes in. And um, I really wanted to have this conversation with you so that you can teach us your ways, Carla Moore, because you are the queen of cozy. You know how to, we've talked about this before, you know how to take sort of sterile inhospitable spaces even and transform them into cozy, warm and welcoming spaces. So we thought it'd be fun just to chat about it, especially since we're in fall now mm -hmm. and this is a great time to talk about cozy things. So yeah. um, I didn't really come up with a list or anything. I was just thinking we could just kind of chat about it, have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then I, I do have a pen and paper so that I can take notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the compliment. I don't honestly Tell don't me know. What to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Other than I, I was looking to kind of see what, what do most people consider cozy? Mm -hmm. And I think of, I, I was thinking about it and I always think of wintertime being the cozy season because in the summertime, you don't really want to be cozy. You want to be cool. Right. So all of my thoughts kind of went towards wintertime and mm -hmm. fires and, mm -hmm. and warmth and all that kind of stuff. What, what about you? what do you think? Yeah. Same, especially leading into fall, the, the different smells, you know, and the colors, they're cozier colors in my mind. Mm -hmm. And, and I was thinking uh, when we knew we were going to talk about this, that really what's cozy for one person isn't necessarily cozy for another person. I think it's one yeah. of those, there are some things that I guess in general are can, like candles and fuzzy blankets. And, you know, you, you think about certain things that are cozy, but an environment can be different levels of cozy for different people. I guess what I'm trying to say is, Somebody could walk into an all white room or an all gray room and it makes them feel good, mm -hmm. you know, and for Same. me, yeah, for me, it feels cold. It feels sterile. Mm -hmm. It does not feel cozy at all. I've never wanted an all white anything, yeah. but so I think your, your tastes and how you react to certain colors, you know, plays a part in it. But for our homes, the objective is to make it someplace that you can relax and feel peaceful. And when people walk in to your home, they feel welcomed. They feel like they can just take a deep breath and be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so that's the objective. What does that look like? How can we get it? I think there's more than one answer, but I think they're all really easy and doable and fun. It's funny that you say, teach me your ways, because when I think of what this little place looked like before you got a hold of it, and I know it wasn't just you, but you were the, the, you were the one, the driving force behind it. And so 2016, September, we were here for lectureship and trying to figure out where we're going to live when we come up for the two quarters that we're here. And Danny walks us through this house <laughs> and, and, um, welcome home. 
home. <laughs> it was, it was interesting. It was offices and storage at the time when we walked through. And I remember walking in the front door and right here where I'm sitting, there was like a desk. And I guess it was where the receptionist was at one point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, behind me was that the wall that was closed off and, and it was somebody's office. I don't, I think it changed people all the time. The bathroom was pink Pepto-Bismol um, 60s which is back, you know, people like that now. And, and yeah. it is, it's pretty, I guess, if, if you are into the vintage house decor and, uh, but it, there was, I remember there was things sitting in the tub, you know, I don't know. It was like a, a bucket and some, so it made me think that it wasn't functioning real well. I think the toilet was even pink. That if was I remember probably right. a, the bucket was probably to help you flush the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. <laughs> And I mean, it was just storage. And then he took us in the basement. That probably was a mistake because I, I heard the psycho like, when I went down there. Yeah. <laughs> but when we, so that was September and then January we came back and, and I remember on the drive up, y'all were still working on it. Yes. And, and you had completely transformed this place. And I walked at the door and it was like, you had lamps going, you had candles burning, you had, um, you'd brought in ficus trees, you know, just the, the, um, faux plants, foliage and things like that. You had the walls painted a warm color. Um, there's not a lot you can do about fluorescent light fixtures. You know, those are just, they are what they are, but the bedroom you had put, um, pictures up or, you know, art, I don't know what you call the the wooden art with words. And um, I mean, you made this place into a home when before it was just completely it was scary, honestly. It was very office-like and sterile. I wasn't worried about it. I don't remember even thinking a thought. I thought if if I knew if you had your hand in it, it'd be fine. And but I had no idea what all you did to make this place into a home. So you need to talk about what what your thought process was when you were working on it. Well, me and about 20 other people. Yeah. <laughs> I know you big, had help. Big mm. painting party and gut party. And, and Denny Petrillo went and bought the flowers. So there's that. Also. Flower. Oh, fresh flowers <laughs> to put the on table. the table. Yeah. Yeah. So there were a, a lot of hands involved in that, but it, that was kind of easy because the transformation was so drastic because of what it was to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Well, you made you a silk purse it. out of a sow's ear for sure. <laughs> yeah. You really took it from there and have, you know, made it beautiful and a good space. But I was going to share a couple of books. Um, one of them, do you remember me talking about Huga mm -hmm. in one of our very first yeah. episodes? It was like the second or third episode. Uh -huh. It was really early on. Because I had no idea what Huga was. Yeah. Or how the, to say it. The word is spelled H-Y-G-G-E, but it's pronounced Huga. And I've got this book called The Little Book of Huga. It's Danish Secrets to Happy Living, but um, Huga is just being cozy, you know, creating a sense of like a feeling of coziness. And so really the whole book is all these different chapters on how to bring elements of coziness into your home. And I may have shared this story last time, I can't remember, but the same author, I don't know if it's in this book or a different one, but the same author, he's the CEO of the Happiness Research Institute yeah. in Happy Copenhagen. Guy. Happy guy. He tells the story about how um, he made a move somewhere and he was, you know, to a brand new city and he was looking for 
a new coffee shop. Did I share this story on here? I don't remember if he did. And um, so he said he had three objectives with his coffee shop. The coffee needed to taste good. The coffee shop needed to be within a good distance of his new home in a walking distance or close by. And it needed to have a good price point. Those were his three objectives. And so he goes around and he tries every coffee shop within, you know, who knows how long of his house. And this one um, that he ended up choosing that ended up becoming his very favorite coffee house. He said the coffee house, the coffee tasted like fish water. It was overpriced and it was far away from his home. So why did that end up becoming his favorite? He said it was how he felt when he walked in the door. Hmm. They had these cozy chairs, like upholstered Mm -hmm. fabric upholstered chairs and a cozy setting around a fireplace. And there was always like warm chatter and, he said there was just something about walking in that building that just enveloped him with this sense of warmth and welcome that that's where he ended up going, even though the coffee was horrible. <laughs> so, so from that premise, he talks about how people will overlook a lot of things if something makes them comfortable and feel welcome. And yeah. I actually used that in a class one time to talk about, you know, people looking for their church family. A lot of times we lose sight of what it's really all about just because of how we feel mm-hmm. when we walk in the door. And, you know, my point with that, not that I'm trying to digress too much, but it's our responsibility to have both, you know, truth and yeah. this welcoming, warm and loving environment. But mm-hmm. so that's kind of what this book is about is how to create that in your home. You know, so I would love for people to feel so warm and welcomed in my home that they overlook a lot of other things <laughs> like the the dusty baseboards and <laughs> you know, uh, windows that need washing and all that kind of stuff. And then the other book that I wanted to share is this one is called, um, the gentle art of hospitality Mm. and it's by Alda Ellis. It's got beautiful artwork in there. Um, the subtitle is warm touches of welcome and grace, and it's about hospitality, but really a big emphasis in the book is about your home and um, how to make your home comfortable. And it talks about hospitality begins at the door. And then it gives a chapter on each of the five senses. And so this book is about how if you emphasize each of the five senses in your home environment, um, so sight, you know, what is the first thing people see Mm -hmm. when they walk in or smell, um, you know, we kind of become nose blind to how our home smells. Yes. Uh, Don't or, you wonder what your smells like? Yes. I, always uh, I, what smells like. I often wonder that. Um, hearing, you know, what's, do you have racket or a blaring TV or do you have something soft and soothing? Uh, taste. So think about the textiles and fabrics and different textures, you know, and then um, that's, I mean, that's touch and then taste, mm-hmm. you know, greeting them with something, but uh, so this one's good because you can literally just go through chapter by chapter and incorporate some of these in your own home so that it feels warm and welcoming when people walk in, but look at the artwork in this book. Can you see that? Oh, that that's cute? Fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, the gentle art of hospitality and the little book of Huga, both are, they're, they're easy, quick reads, lots of good ideas and fun things for me. You always have the best cozy. books. I am a reader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, you're, and you like the nonfiction stuff and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I like for you to read it and tell me about it. <laughs> okay. I can do that. <laughs> well, I was thinking like what, I'm trying to think what is my ultimate cozy night at mm-hmm. home? And I, so, you know, the kind of night that you're like, okay, I can't wait for tonight. Cause it's going to yes. be this way. And oh, it, it's a, it. yeah, it's a, to me, it's a fire roaring mm-hmm. in the fireplace and it's vegetable soup with beef in it. I like, you know, sirloin steak cubed up and, and, you know, the big hearty potatoes and carrots and celery and all that. So you have a recipe for this? Cause I've actually been on the hunt for a good vegetable soup yeah. recipe. Well, I mean, everybody has their own things that they like about it, but it's my mom. So of course it's what oh. I grew up and grew up with and like. But it's a uh, cornbread, homemade cornbread. Mm. And you, you pour the soup over the cornbread, let it soak in and eat it that way. That's a good, a good way. And You're maybe it's a uh, pour over soups, your lasagna soup, you pour over a cheesy yeah. yum, yum. Mm-hmm. That's a good one too. That is, that's probably a good, another good cozy night soup, but like, um, I, I tend to think it's Christmas time and maybe there's the tree is up and you're baking Christmas cookies and, and you've got music playing in the background that's soft, but it's Christmas, you know, those old, I hope that those old oldies Christmas don't ever go out. You know, the, the, um, trying to think Andy Williams and, um, Bing Crosby and that old, that era of Christmas music, it's just the best, but that's to me. And that, that incorporates just what all you're talking about has all of the sight and the sound and the smell and the texture and the taste. Mm -hmm. So you're right. I think that really has everything to do with it is how it just, rather than it being an assault on your, on your senses, it's just, um, you walk in and you, you just take a deep breath and go, whew, you can just let out stress of the day and, and you feel at home and you feel embraced by your home. So Mm -hmm. that, that would be my ultimate cozy night. What about yours? I would add to that all of those things. And I would add to that walking in the door and changing into something very comfortable. Yeah. I tend to do that anyway. As soon as I walk in, I want to change clothes and get into something very comfortable. And, um, our slippers around the house with fuzzy socks year round, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just every 365 days out of the year. When I come home, I change into my fuzzy socks and slippers. And to me, that makes me comfortable. Yeah. And knowing that there's nothing else going on in the evening. Yes. You that's a big the, one. You have the whole evening in. Nothing hanging over just your head. makes my heart sing. And yeah. knowing that you can just come in and enjoy a quiet evening with the people that you love, eat some good food, maybe curl up with a cup of coffee in the recliner after, you know, and... I don't know, just to me, I don't know if it's as I get older, but the idea of staying in is a huge cozy thing. Yeah. And so, and I was also thinking about, um, I noticed when I pin recipes, you know, this time of year, I'm already shifting into those cozy meal Soups. type uh-huh. recipes. Like you were talking about with the vegetable soup. I just saved a couple that I want to try. And one of them was this kind of uh, potato and sausage. It was called mm-hmm. a goulash, but yeah. it's um like kielbasa sliced up mm-hmm. and un- caramelized onions and paprika and sliced potatoes and garlic. And, you know, it's like a one pot 
wonder, but what drew my attention to it was the recipe actually described itself as the ultimate cozy meal. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, do tell. Let me read about this one. And the good crusty bread. Yes. To exactly. dip into. That's mm -hmm. what they recommended. Exactly. And um jotted. Oh, another one was <clears throat> bless you. Sorry. Is that a sneeze? No, that was a cough. Well, then I take back my bless you. You don't bless me anyway with a cough? You can't. It's only for sneezes. Okay. Uh, the other one was sour cream beef noodle casserole. I ran across that one. That sounded amazing. I've, That's like that sour cream noodle casserole that my mom made. Yeah. Does it have cottage cheese in it? I haven't actually I haven't actually read all the ingredients yet. Mm -hmm. I just saw the picture and the title and saved yeah. it. But there is a cookbook. We used to use a curriculum with our boys called Sunlight many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. And they would give out a sunlight cookbook every year and one of them there was a very similar recipe it was egg noodles some kind of tomatoey sauce and sour cream and cheese and I can't remember what all was in there but it was kind of all layered up ground beef yeah. of course all yeah. layered up and it was so good and this one looked very similar to that so but you know all the cozy recipes in the summer, you're eating so much lighter because you're spending a lot of time outside in the heat. But in the mm -hmm. winter, when it's time to hunker in, get in the kitchen and pile on the weight. baking, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> baking and cooking and, you know, the steam coming up from the stove. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do that feels cozy for me in the kitchen is anything that's slow cooked. Mm -hmm. So if it has a long low bake in the Dutch oven in the oven or a long bake in your crock pot makes just, the house smell good just makes it, it but just putting it together is mm -hmm. cozy for me and yeah. you know compared to something that you'd like a quick fry or something on the stove top but anything slow cooked long baked feels cozy putting all the vegetables like think about the pot roast you know you're putting the vegetables in the crock pot and you know it's going to cook all day long and be waiting mm -hmm. for you at the end of the day yeah that feels real cozy. I love those days in the wintertime when, um, even if you have to leave in the morning to go to work or do whatever, but they are talking about a cold front that is coming. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it's sunny in the morning, but you see those approaching clouds and you know, they said that temperature is going to drop 30 degrees in, in an hour. And, you know, we're expecting yeah. some rain. Of course, in Texas, we don't get a lot of um, sleet or snow, but when it does, it's a big deal. Everybody goes home and stays there because we don't know how to drive on ice. Nobody knows how to drive on ice, but even yeah. sleet, snow, any, anything that comes, we close everything down. But um, I love being inside when that mm -hmm. cold front hits. And sometimes in Texas, you can, it's, it's very obvious, like one minute it's fine. And then the next, and then our, our, this is a bad thing, but at home in Texas, our, our windows are not double paned. So as soon as it gets cold outside and it's warm inside, the windows fog up and start yeah. trickling a little bit of water and I have to wipe them down. But it's just a, evidence that it's um, the temperature's changing and it's cold outside, but it's warm inside. So, I mean, that's just kind of a picture of the world in the church, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. it's cold outside and it mm -hmm. should be, hopefully is warm inside and welcoming and and you want to be there and you want to just hunker down and, and be protected by the inside instead of the, the, what's going on outside. Yeah. And I think it's no mistake that a lot of times God compares the church to 
the family, you know, the home. And if we're making our homes, you think about what makes it cozy and the things that we've been talking about. We're not talking about some perfectly curated, orchestrated, um, pretentious, you know. Mm-hmm. Showplace. Er, er, yeah, everything is just right and purposefully so. And then you walk in and you feel like you just can't relax. You can't yeah. breathe or be yourself or, but you walk into somebody's home and it's not perfect. It's lived in. Yeah. And it makes you want to live in it, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's the same way, like you were saying with, with God's family, with the church family, you're not walking in and finding people that are putting on airs, you know, everything is perfect about them. They're very lived in. (laughs) We all are. Mm -hmm. And we just want people to feel welcome and to see Christ's love in us. And we're doing the same thing with our homes when we're inviting people in is welcome come into our imperfect lives make yourself comfortable what can we do to make you comfortable um you know it really is a gift to invite Mm -hmm. people into your lived-in home and be vulnerable enough to do that well another thing that i was thinking about that is a kind of a spiritual analogy that creating a cozy home or a comfortable home or the kind of home that you walk into and you just want to you know, blow a deep breath and, and just settle down. It, it takes time. It's created over time. Mm-hmm. And, um, it doesn't, you can hire someone to make your home look, you know, you tell the interior designer, I want, I want my home to look cozy. I want this color walls. I want rugs on the floor. I want whatever. But to me, a really cozy home, like in yours, you look around and you've got things from Africa. You've got things mm-hmm. from all of the different, different places you've been. You've got books that you've read it's, it happens over time because you collect mm-hmm. things that mean something to you and they're conversation pieces, mm-hmm. not necessarily carefully curated conversation pieces, but there's, you know, your grandmother's big, um, uh, wooden bowl sitting on your coffee table. And you can talk about what that was used for back in whatever, 1941. Um, mm-hmm. or you might have, um, you know, there's just all kinds of things that, that you can have sitting around that mean something to you and other people don't know about, but that, that to me, it takes time, just like it takes time for, for us to, to become who God wants us to be. And it, you know, we, we might start off, um, (laughs) I don't want to make this sound bad. We, we sometimes can start off on fire and just roar, roar our way out the gate. And, and we have to kind of settle down into a, um, into a comfortable flame that continues to burn rather than burns Mm -hmm. itself out or just, um, just getting to, to be comfortable in who we are and what we do, what we can do for God, what talents that we have and what abilities we have and be comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. So I think it, a com- comfortable, cozy home is, is crafted and curated over time. And it just takes time to become the Christian that God wants us to be too. We don't, we can't expect ourselves to be that immediately. Yeah. I love that. I, I was thinking about that too, that it takes time to build a home that you love and feels cozy. And it's not something that you can just shop for on Amazon, you know, right. throw it all into a cart and it mm-hmm. shows up at your home in two days and you put it together. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's, it's a collection and mm-hmm. um, from memories or places that you've been. And when I look around our home, that's not a skill of mine, you know, to decorate. My sister, you're really good at it. My sister's really good at it. I know people that 
that's definitely a skill of theirs. It's just not a skill of mine. Well, I disagree, but (laughs) thanks. Yeah, I do, but keep going. But I love our home because of what you were saying. You know, I look in different rooms and I see reminders of things that are important to us, of experiences with our children and, or our parents or places that we've been, things that Neil and I have experienced together throughout our long years of marriage together, you know, and those are the irreplaceable things that just represent you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think too, that that's a big part of making a home cozy is that authenticity that comes from it's, it represents you and your family and what's important to you and what you love. And when you walk into somebody's home and you can see that extension of themselves, it just feels natural and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you were saying, you can kind of relate all of that back to, um, that comfort of being in Christ allows your through him to be yourself and to be your true self, you know, no pretension, um, feeling comfortable enough to be who God made you to be and serve in the way he has equipped you to serve, you know, and accepting that about yourself and using those skills to make others feel welcome too. Yeah. When you open your home, you're really revealing a lot about yourself Mm-hmm. And we don't do that much anymore. No, we don't. Um, I was just having this conversation with Cheryl Wilcox the other night. She was just talking about how uh, we just don't invite people into our homes anymore. I, we, y'all do. We do. There's, I know it's a lot of it is because we, d- we don't have time or we don't think we have time. We're busy with work schedules or whatever. And, and I, but I think the main thing for a lot of people is they're ashamed of what maybe the, maybe ashamed is a too strong of a word, but they're maybe embarrassed that things are not in perfect condition. You know, there's piles of laundry, piles of paper or whatever. And, you know, I agree that that can kind of hinder us from, from doing things like opening our homes and excuse me, maybe there are times that we don't want to, to show that part of us. And I get that. I don't really want to have a, big group of people over if my house is a mess, but I will, you know, it depends on the the occasion. If it's something that we need to do, I will, I'll just shove it all over and Mm -hmm. we'll sit down at the table anyway. But it's, it just is to me revealing about the heart of, of the people you're visiting with, because when you go in, you're, you see pictures of their, their grandparents or their Mm -hmm. grandchildren or you see, um, like I'm looking at your piano and the music that's sitting on your piano. And so then there's a conversation. Do you know how to play piano? Well, no, I didn't, but my mom did whatever. Um, maybe there's an old, uh, what do you call the kind of lamps that the kerosene hurricane lamp and maybe it belonged to your great aunt who lived through world war two. And so it's, it's intimacy on a different level and it, it creates, friendships and bonds that you, I'm not going to say you can't have that if you don't go in someone's home, but don't you feel differently about someone when you've been in their home? Absolutely. Closer to them. Yes. And I think we talked about this a little bit on the hospitality episode. So if you Mm -hmm. haven't listeners, if you haven't heard that one, you might go back and check it out, but it just, it changes the next time you see each other after you've been in somebody's home, don't you feel like your smile is a little bit different? It's a little bit deeper and more meaningful. Mm -hmm. You've had a connection with them. And when I think about the homes that I've been in that 
I always look forward to going to, or I feel good when I walk in, they're not perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, there, you were talking about what are some of the reasons, you know, maybe we're afraid for people to see (laughs) our mess or crazy. Yeah. I see our crazy. But when I think about the homes that I have really, I've walked away from there just thinking what a wonderful evening. It didn't have anything. Did I don't look back and think because everything was just pristine and spotless. You know, it mm-hmm. had everything to do with how it made me feel when I walked in that door. Yeah. Their smile, their warmth, you know, maybe they offered me a cup of coffee, you know, greeted me with some sort of welcoming ho- bit of hospitality, but it has to do with the mood that was created in that home and the warmth mm-hmm. and kindness and comfort you know, and natural, natural comfort. Yeah. That's what it had to do with. And that was my takeaway. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that if I've ever been into somebody's pigsty home, I didn't recognize (laughs) that it was an absolute mess. I'm not saying that. Yeah. And I don't think we would want to offer that to somebody. Yeah. But I'm also saying that it's not everything in its place that Mm -hmm. makes something cozy. I don't think so. No, on that note, and I, I kind of looked into what does, um, you know, what does the world say is cozy? And one of the things that someone brought up in a blog was, was clutter. Clutter does sometimes keep us from feeling that content, um, relaxed and it's not necessarily someone else's clutter, but our own. Mm -hmm. And so they, she talked about how to declutter. And I think we, we did talk about this on the hospitality episode, but I, I've changed a lot about, you know, I, I don't think, and I don't have a perfectly clean, I just don't worry about that anymore because I try to stay on top of things just because that's the way we want to live. And, and I, John is very much, he, he likes kind of a minimal, he doesn't, mm-hmm. it helps him to not have clutter everywhere. And, um, but she gave some tips to, um, to declutter and, you know, just common sense things. Like when you come in with the mail, instead of just tossing it on the table, you go right to the trash can or the recycle Mm -hmm. bin or the shredder, whatever, and just immediately take care of it. It only takes a few seconds Mm -hmm. and that prevents it, but yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I'll post this next week rather than us spending a lot of time talking about it, but just how you could declutter certain things in five minutes, whether it's just, okay, I'm, my table, my kitchen, this table always has piles on it because it's just where we put things when we come in and it's where I do my scripture writing and it's where I do pretty much everything. So there's always piles of stuff, but I can just take it off and put it on the floor and, you know, once a week go through it and try to stay on top of it. But I think that that just having clutter tends to, depending on personality style, it might not bother some people at all, but if it bothers you, then just take little bites of it here and there and, you know, maybe make a schedule and do your kitchen counter once a week or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think decluttering does help make us feel a little bit more cozy and comfortable just by two cents worth anyway. Yeah. Um, another thing that I was thinking about is just, um, bring life into your home and if, you know, in the very basic, simple ways that might be an animal, or if you Mm -hmm. don't like animals, I don't really, you know, I I prefer the non-shedding type in our home, but some sort of life Mm -hmm. element in the home, if it's, 
you know, animals, plants, yeah, um, things that you have to nurture make mm-hmm. a home cozy. And I was thinking, you know, take that a step further though, and create moments in your home that involve life, you know, whether you're having the teens over for mm-hmm. a devotional and pizza and, yeah. um, or a bunch of, get a bunch of girlfriends together to, to play a game or, or write memory, you know, scripture writing with you, or just get together for a quiche and pie, you know, yeah. a savory and a sweet pie. Hello, mm-hmm. there's an idea. Yeah. So just create moments of life in your home. And I feel like that leaves its stamp everywhere you look, you know, Absolutely. It's, you can walk into a home and tell if it's been opened mm-hmm. before and if it has, if it's had life in there and it just leaves an imprint and you can feel that other people feel that when they come in. And if, if that's missing and your home feels too quiet and empty, um, you can, you know, we can do something about that. Mm-hmm. And we can op- throw open our doors and bring life, invite life into the home. It doesn't have to be a grand, expensive thing. Small scale, quiet, you know, come over for a cup of coffee, one person. Yeah. And you've introduced life into your home and that makes a home warm and cozy. Things happen, conversations happen, mm-hmm. prayers happen, memories are made connections made and and that's what it's all about it doesn't matter how many throw blankets you have on your couch if you don't ever have people ever sharing that with you yeah yeah my um my dad used to call little um things that are sitting around whatever the word for it is he would call them gigaws and um like Nick grady was- Huh? Knickknacks. Yeah. Knickknacks. Okay. He call them gigaws. <laughs> I don't know why. And then Grady would call them mama's purdies. He, he'd he'd kind of pretend like he was disgusted with all of mama's purdies everywhere. But, you know, again, those, those are pieces of memories. And it's funny to look back, you know, Janice, my mother-in-law had lots of glass. That was kind of her thing. She loved salad bowls and candlesticks and, and punch bowls and things like that. And, um, I got 13 salad bowls, wedding gifts, 13. So I have saved some and gave, gave them regifted some, but anyway, she just loved that. And that I have collected things here and there over the years, little Boyd's bears and stuff like that. But I finally kind of got rid of some of those things because I, that's what made me feel cluttered was too many geegaws as dad would say. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, Clutter means different things to different people. And I'm not going to walk into somebody's home and say, you shouldn't have this pile here. That's, that's their, their home, their, their rules, you know? So I don't want anybody to think that clutter is, is, um, it's just doesn't work for me. And John, I tend to, uh, he doesn't like it either. But, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I think makes adds to coziness. This is a weird one, but it works for me is rearranging. And we talked about this a little while back, but I love rearranging. I jotted that down also. Yeah. I just rearranged the bedroom this week. (laughs) John walked past it four times and didn't notice it. Finally, I had to say, did you see the bedroom? And the house you're in now? Yeah. I didn't know there was enough room to. (laughs) Well, I moved, I moved the bed under the window that is by the parking lot. So there's just enough room for the bed and then the nightstands. And then I put the dresser on the wall where the bed was, but does I pushed it, it up against the bookshelf. Does that make it feel bigger? Because it does when you first walk in. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was smart. 
yeah, it kind of gives more room in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't, the lights from the parking lot would shine right into that. We'd always have to shut the door, but now we don't have to do that. So anyway, I like to rearrange. Smart, yes. Yeah. And it just freshens things up without spending any money. You know, yeah. it keeps things interesting and kind of um, renews your interest when you first walk into the room. Right. You know, when your family first walks in the door, things look it a little you bit feel different. Good. It does. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. What's back, your f- go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> no, back no. when I used to think I have to have a style, you know, when they all those little quizzes, what's your decorating style? And I never could figure that out because I think, well, I like a little bit of this and I like a little bit of this. And it kind of bothered me that I didn't have a style. And I was always taking those little quizzes online where you could figure out what your style is. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really agree with any of them. You know, they'd come up with something I'd say, "Mm, I don't think so. (laughs) But one of them had said, if you really have a hard time figuring out your style, what you do is you walk around your entire house I mean, everything, closets, bedrooms, kitchen, living room, basement, you know, everything. And you pick up 10 to 15 items that are your very favorite things, Mm -hmm. 10 to 15. Um, What would you never get rid of? What speaks to you the most? What do you just love every time you see it in your home already? And you put it in a big pile and they could be small things. They could be big things like pieces of furniture or, you know, big wall art, whatever, just 10 to 15 things, put them all together, bring them from all over your house, put them all together. And then that's essentially your style Yeah, because that's what speaks to you. Mm -hmm. And I actually did that. And it was so interesting to me because everything was old. (laughs) (laughs) You're vintage. I guess so. Everything was just old. It almost had kind of like a colonial bent to it with the the furniture and the old mirror and the, you know, the old dusty books, you know, just Mm -hmm. everything that I'd be like, yes, I I love this. And I would grab it and I put it all together. And I was like, well, that's why nobody can ever style me. (laughs) You're an old soul. But what I learned through all of that is I really kind of don't want to be pigeonholed into a certain style. I really just finally learned that if I love something and it's practical, then I want to bring it into my home, whether Mm -hmm. it fits a style or an aesthetic or not. And I think when we give ourselves the freedom to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, don't try and fit some kind of mold or get caught up in the latest trendy thing, which changes at least twice a year. Yeah. Grandma core, cottage core, whatever kind of core, you know, don't try and fit, find, buy. Remember the farmhouse style? Yes. Got real trendy for a while and everything was, you know, but if you just stick to this really speaks to me and it may not even fit everything else. That's okay. Because that little sense of quirkiness or the unexpected is going to add to your cozy home that speaks of you. You know, why are you grinning like that? Because I'm thinking, Can I say spoke, something? no, it was me <laughs> thinking what spoke to me back in the eighties were those ducks. Duck. Oh, ducks. oh yeah. Like the, ge- had, the goose. The, yeah. The, ducks and geese. Yeah. yeah. And I had a clock. Did you have a, I had, I a, had so many ducks I had a and big geese clock and in our kitchen. When I see them now, I'm like, Ooh, you know, it yeah. changes. You're in it. And I am not. I don't care about style. I don't care. Um, 
if I don't fit some modern decor or whatever, I just don't care because I don't want it to be something inauthentic. It's not that I'm going, oh, that's inauthentic. It's just that it doesn't bring me any joy. And so I want to be surrounded by things that bring me joy. And so, which, you know, like, I guess a few weeks ago during the interview that we did of each other. And I said, my style was collected. And Micah said, yeah, goodwill collected. He agreed with me, but there's a lot of things that, that have just been handed down. And so I guess some of it too, for me, what did we bring with us when we came to Denver? You know, what was it that I considered essential? And that was kind of interesting to, to mm-hmm. see, you know, I couldn't bring a lot of decor necessarily, although right I brought our, our bedding. Like home. Yeah. 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 And a lot of it was, you know, even if it was my, my hand towels in the kitchen, a basket full of my hand towels, Micah and Courtney gave me for Christmas one year, um, those linen-y type hand towels that have scriptures on them. And that, that just made me, it makes me feel like I'm back at home in my kitchen and just different little things that, that came with us, pictures of the kids and, um, so doing something like that, I, I think it really makes you see what it is that's important and, it also makes you see what you can live without too. Cause yeah, if I haven't missed neat. it in a couple of months, yeah, it was fun, fun to think about that. Yeah. Did um, one of the tips that I thought I would mention that I have loved every year, this time of year, my cousin, Jana told me about it. She said, go to the store and buy one of those cinnamon brooms. Oh, you know what I'm talking about those things. Yeah. We and had put one it, those on the wall when we were first married. Yeah. That's another kind of eighties decor, yeah. but she said, put it under your couch. It's not necessarily something that you see, but you smell it. It just kind of gives your room or behind your couch, you know, wherever, just hide it somewhere so that you're, you're getting that cozy cinnamon smell, but you're you're not, yeah, it is. And there's other things you can do that with that, that smell good, not just Mm -hmm. those cinnamon brooms that, but that's just a uniquely fall feel, isn't it? What is your favorite? What? Finish. (laughs) I just discovered a bunch of beautiful pine cones in our backyard. Yeah. Sort of in the more woodsy part back there. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited because they're shaped perfectly. Just absolutely beautiful. And I just brought in a bunch to put in a big wooden bowl. And I've been looking up how to, you know, how you get the cinnamon scented pine cones. Uh-huh. I've been looking up how to make that happen. There's like three different ways that you can do it. So I'm going to. Cinnamon oil or what? Um, Some are essential oil. Some you can dip it in wax. Mm-hmm. And then put the scent on it because apparently that makes it, that's the one that makes it last the longest. Or you can um, simmer them in water with cinnamon sticks and then let them air dry. And then it's supposed to hold the scent. So there's, yeah, that's a ways to do that. I love pine cones. You can also put peanut butter on them and hang them in the trees outside. Yeah, Peanut butter and seed, bird seed. Bird seed. That was a craft from childhood. Our craft with pine cones was every Christmas with my grandma, we'd put Elmer's glue on the tips of the pine cones and put glitter and beads uh-huh. or, you know, decorate them up like little Christmas trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite spot in your house there? That's your cozy spot. My cozy spot. My favorite spot now for sure is the home library. Yeah. That we've I was just, thinking you'd say that. Just finished. And oh man, I just love it. Even, even when I'm not going in there, just walking by it makes me smile. I Mm -hmm. just, I love that space. I love all the books and the lamps and the couches and Mm -hmm. the fact that 
Um, it's kind of like, I won't go in there unless Neil's with me and he doesn't typically go in there unless I'm with him, unless he's going over his sermon or something out loud. So, so it represents togetherness time. Yes. Too. That's an additional cozy part to me is it makes me think of when we know we have a few minutes of downtime and we say, let's go to the library for a little while and we'll just sit up yeah. there and read and usually take something hot to drink. And yeah. what's yours? Well, I was almost afraid you were going to ask me that, but <laughs> I shouldn't have asked you. You started it. I know. I don't know if it's too much information or not, but I mean, our bedroom is no, no. (laughs) Although I like our bathroom at home, but our bedroom, our bedroom is, um, it's just cozy. I like the quilts. I like a quilt more than a Mm -hmm. comforter because I just like the patchwork quilts and the pillows you can throw on the bed and just, I guess it's, the same reason for like what you're talking about with your library, because that's our spot Mm -hmm. and it's not something that we really share. You know, our kids have been in our room, but you don't typically go in someone's bedroom. You know, that's kind of like a, um, not necessarily off limits, but it's just kind of like, that's our spot. And so it's just, um, it's kind of a little safe haven and, and it's just where we can talk and, Um, it's just, it's just our own spot. So that's probably my favorite cozy Hmm. spot. You saying that makes me feel like I need to spend some time in our bedroom because it's probably our weakest link in this entire house. Really? Yeah. It's, it's a, I've had a bit of trouble with it. It's a bit of a kind of an awkward space, Mm -hmm. kind of small. And I think, I think the problem is our furniture is too big for the space. Our furniture fit our house in Colorado. And I think it's too big. And so we've got this big king size bed and Neil's chest of drawers is huge, mm-hmm. you know? And so I feel like you walk in and there's this big, his big dresser, our, t- our bed takes up one whole wall, you know, and then I've got my long dresser and then I've got like a little, um, I just lost the word for a makeup stand thing. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. One of those kind of wedged catty corner in the corner. Cause it won't fit. Yeah. anywhere else and it just looks more utilitarian yeah more functional I haven't figured out how to make it like when you walk in just oh this is our beautiful space so you saying that makes me realize that's kind of no bueno I should spend some time in there and make it make it more well y'all like to be in there I know you drink your coffee in there and Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, it just has I guess that's usually we're not working in there you know, mm-hmm. whereas everywhere else in our house, we're going to be answering emails or whatever. Of course, we're still reading stuff on our phone or whatever, but it's just mm-hmm. more of a relaxed um, little oasis, I guess, is how I feel about it. And That's not great. just there, but here, I but I guess, that. so it may, maybe it has more to do with who's there rather than what's there. I love that. So yeah. everybody can think about what is your favorite cozy spot in your home and share it with us or unless you have more to share, what tips do you have for making your home cozy, comfortable, welcoming? I'd love to hear from our listeners too. I know we have, I'm actually thinking of some of the names that we have listening in and know that we have a lot of women listening that are really good at that. Cozy Making a space. Yes. Welcoming, beautiful. What do you do when you're having company? What is like the, what do you write? Like 10 minutes before everybody comes, what do you do to cozy your home? Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of walk through the senses. Mm -hmm. So I consider what it smells like and I'll either have something brewing 
burning, simmering, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, something welcoming when they first walk in. Sometimes I turn on music, sometimes not. If I don't have music, I usually have a fan running just mm-hmm. for that kind of keep the air moving. Yeah, white noise yeah. kind of a thing. Um, you know, arrange the throw blankets. I usually just do that kind of walk through with the senses you know, the things that they would experience when they first walk in and how can I address each of those in a pleasant way? Mm -hmm. You're the kind of host that has things ready when people get there. And I've never been able to do that. That's for my sake, because once everybody gets there, my brain leaves and I can't multitask. I can't think about what needs to be done and visit with them at the same time. Yeah. If that, if it, if it doesn't happen that way, I tend to get distracted, flustered. Yeah. In fact, I told you last week that Jennifer Harrison came over to make soap. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't tell you is um, I had unexpected company right before that and didn't have a chance to get everything ready. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, the day was going to go, I would have everything all out and ready to go. You know, like my sister did with me when I went over there, I'd have a drink ready and everything all lined up and ready to go. And as it turns out, <laughs> I had nothing out. Yeah. And hadn't even straightened off my kitchen. I still had gro- like grocery things on the counter. I mean, it was yeah. just completely unprepared. And I felt so just like scattered. brainless. Yeah, mm-hmm. scattered when she got here. Because I'm going, okay, what all do we need? And I'm trying to figure out where did I put this? And where did I put this yeah. immersion blender that I only use for soap? And where did I? And I'm shoving things off the counter. And in my mind, I'm going, this was not how I envisioned this going down. <laughs> But it still worked out fine, didn't it? Yeah. You still had fun. she's a sweetheart. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of what I tend to do, you know, if, right before people come. Of course, I'm still getting things ready in the kitchen. But, you know, our house in Texas is one big open room. So I can mm-hmm. still do kitchen things while people are there. But I like to light a candle. And mm-hmm. I just almost always have music on. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I try to do it like age appropriate. Yeah. You know, if we're having older people, I'll try to do like 50s music or mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra, Sirius XM, whatever. Or if, if it's younger people, mm-hmm. I always ask Jake for uh, tips on this because he he always has good playlists. But I like to turn the lamps on. And if it's wintertime, I like to have a fire. I'm always excited when it's cold enough for a fire, which is not very frequently. <laughs> but and then I started thinking when I was kind of jotting that down, I thought those are things my mom did. You know, we learned Aww. things from our parents. Yeah, she yeah. would do all those things. She always had music going. So, well, I've always heard that food opens hearts. You know, yeah. they used to say something. What was that thing about food being the how to the get doorway, into a man's heart? Yeah, yeah, but it's really true for everybody. And mm-hmm. I feel like if you have something small that is already there and ready, as soon as they walk in, and you just say, you know, help yourself what would you like to drink, you know, hot or cold or whatever that one gesture, I feel like just kind of relaxes people and makes them feel welcome and yeah, gives them something to do. And yeah. So that's typically what I try and focus on. But, yeah. Hmm, very good, fun. Good talk. Yeah. All right. So anything else before we shift into something good for you? No, you had a great one last week. It looks like that went over well. Yeah. Got them all claimed, right? All your stickers. Yeah, and they're all that gone. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Very fun. What do you have this week? Well, I'm, I meant to look this up ahead of time, but, um, it's, it's, a um, chapel cast, Bear Valley's chapel cast. 
I'm hmm. trying to find the link, but I guess I can put that in the group later. Hmm. But this week, um, you know, it's the end of the quarter and lots of the students, I think, are feeling the stress and kind of discouraged and just trying to get it all done. You know how it always gets that way at the end of the quarter. And um, so I think Michael Height is in charge of, of chapel this month, but he's out. He actually broke a bone in his foot. I'll tell you about that later. But um, hmm. so he asked... The, all of this faculty, not all of them, but I know on Monday it was Wayne. Tuesday was Donnie. Wednesday um, was Denny. Today is John's. And I'm I'm not sure who's doing it tomorrow. But they're all trying to, to kind of give them some encouraging things to think about. And I don't know how quickly. That's what I wanted to look up and see if some of the chapel casts were already up. Because what's on chapel cast right now is, is lectureship. But there's so many good things from chapel that every day we record chapel and you'd be really, I know you wouldn't be because you've been there, but I think people would be surprised what good little short lessons, you know, this there's months worth of information you could listen to on there. And it's a great way yeah. to spend your time. So I will put a link to chapel cast in the group next week. And that would be a good thing to start with. That's my good thing for you this week. Yeah. And if you, um, are listening in for the first time the group she's talking about is on Facebook we have a group called looking up with Kathy and Carla and we share things on there that we've talked about in the episode pictures links um, we have a lot of interaction with our listeners so if you're new please join us over there and you can find what Carla is talking about yeah okay the something good for you that I'm sharing is a fall drink because mm. of cozy cozy mm-hmm. factory see what I did there mm-hmm. so um I ran across this one several years ago when my boys were smaller. It's called a warm spiced milk, which you wouldn't like because we just talked about the fact that you don't like the idea of warm milk. Well, it's got flavors in it. All right. So it's got uh, milk and then apple butter, uh, real maple syrup, cinnamon, and ground cloves. And you just whisk it all together and heat it up. You can do it on the stovetop. You can do it in the microwave. Mm -hmm. Um, you just heat it up over low heat until the milk steams and then pour it into a mug and sip it. And it is fall in a cup and it is yeah. delicious. But I like first it. I wrote down where I first found it from. It was goose. Do you remember those gooseberry patch? Yes. Cookbooks. Mm-hmm. I can see it, it was, in my mind. Yeah. They always had the really cute covers. Uh-huh. It was Colorful. in one of those goose gooseberry patch blue ribbon family favorites. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to give credit where credit was due, but I'll share the recipe for that in the group also. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, that was a fun conversation. Yeah. All right. I hope you have a great weekend. And for all of our listeners, a great week since you're here in this yeah. on Monday. Have a great day. Whatever day have it is you're Have a great listening. day, wherever mm-hmm. you are and whatever you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoyed it. And I will see you soon. Yeah. Can't wait. Love you. Love Love you. Too.